0: Good morning, good morning. It's great, great, great to be together today. So, thanks for being here. Thanks for being part of what God's doing. Ah, Connection is huge. Being part of community is is gigantic. Hey, just as we get started this morning, just a special thanks to those of you that participated in the uh, Teen Challenge, the Adult and Teen Challenge Gala. I call it Gala. But Gala, whatever you want to call it, the the night we gathered together, it was awesome just to hear the testimonies of uh, the young men and the young women that are in, from the Graham House. So, some it was great because I we just got a little table and a few of us sat at the table. It was really really good, but I had no idea so many of you signed up. The paid will go, and then some of you signed up to serve, and so it was really neat to walk in like half of our church is here serving and. And uh, it was super, uh, super great night just to hear the testimonies. And I've been seeing these guys come, they usually come once a month for prayer and worship night. And they'll periodically show up here on a Sunday morning. And uh, like I, I've known Frank now for what, four years, had no idea his testimony. And so um, it was just really neat to hear just the miraculous work of God. And so I was able to go, and my sister was able to come with us. It was fun. So, and uh, she was our dessert dash runner. So, um, and she did work. She got the biggest cheesecake they had on the table, so it was fantastic. Hey, we're in Second Peter chapter 1 uh, today, and it just, how my mind, you guys are getting to know me a little bit more, um, which is scary, but as how my mind works, I'll read a passage of scripture, and then my mind will just rabbit trail. You guys know what a rabbit trail is? It's those little trails, and it's not straight. They are not straight. They're all over the place, through the bush, through the, and I'm just all over the place. So I read a passage that says, make your calling an election sure. Make sure you know about who Jesus is. And I read that passage, and my rabbit trail mind automatically goes to ad campaigns. Just just automatically starts going through like these slogan one-liners. So we're going to start off this morning with a few ad campaign slogans. And as I look around the room, some of you uh, that look more like me will get these. Some of you that don't look like me probably will have no idea. If you know these, let me know, okay? First one, don't leave home without it. America, Dana Buck, you are excluded from this game. By the way, Dana and Grace, good to have you back. If you didn't know, they've been gone for the last like six weeks down, uh, yeah, so I hope they knew, but so anyways, he'll be here next week speaking and sharing, um, so please come. And we'd like to pack the house out for Dana Buck, fantastic, when he comes and shares. So, uh, Dana, yes, Dana, I think you'll get all these, so, I'll, I'll, I'll keep it to myself. Dana Buck, you are filled with the Spirit of God, that means you have the self-control, okay, so anyways, it is one of the fruits of the Spirit, we always leave that one out, I want love, want joy, peace, patience, kind, uh, don't leave the patience one out, the self-control one is at the end, we just cut it off there, but we have been given self-control, so, Dana Buck, thank you very much, get a Mac, Someone, some, someone thought McDonald's. I thought I would trip you up on that one. Get a Mac. It is Apple. Apple Computers came out with get a Mac. Adam, did you know that one? Okay. You deserve a break today. That is McDonald's. Cindy, see you? Cindy you're always one step ahead anyways. So that was, that was you. This is Heather's. So we were, I asked her, so... I'm sitting there working. From, I work from home on Fridays. Um, and she was doing her devotions. We're sitting next to each other. I'm typing and doing stuff and thinking. And she can read me well. And, hey, what are you thinking about? And I'm thinking, and, you know, I wanted to have this deep. You know, I wanted to, like, hey, what are you thinking about? You know, I'm thinking about the theology of, you know, I'm thinking about ad campaigns. <laughs> I said, what are some ad campaigns? And hers was this one. Well, she came up with two. The next two are Heather's. If you don't like them, she's in the nursery today, or you can talk to her later. Um, she's not going to watch this, so she, uh, oh, maybe she will. <laughs> Take me away, Calgon. Cal- Calgon. Yes, very good, Annie. Okay, Calgon. Effie's. There's a Christmas present idea for you, Calgon. Okay, okay, don't, doesn't <laughs> want it. Where's the beef? Wendy's Wendy's yes and it's it's really that you got to have the little you got to have the little lady no it was Wendy's where's the beef was Wendy's Kim where's the beef look it up Google it right now do it do it okay speaking of do it just do it it was Nike I had no idea this one think small Think small. This is going to go way back. So this is before me. No, not IBM. Think small, 1960-ish. Think small. Dana Buck, you're back in. Is, this the Volkswagen, Beetle? is Volkswagen Beetle, that's correct. Think small. Now, Dana, now you're out. OK. <laughs> it's the real thing. Coca-Cola, yes. Pepsi was, doesn't even have a good slogan, but Coca-Cola. Okay, sorry. Sorry, Marcy, about Pepsi. Anyways. You ever go out to a restaurant and they say, uh, and you say, what would you like to drink? And you say, I'll have a Coke. And they're like, is Pepsi okay? And my response is, no. <laughs> Anyways. It's not the same thing. Who said that? We're praying. We're pr- Mitch, was that you? No, they said that to me. Oh, Oh, it's not the same. Okay, I thought we were going to have to lay hands on you this morning. Okay. All right. Please don't squeeze the Charmin. It was Charmin, but what was the product? Toilet paper. Okay, so here's the bonus. Dana, you're back in on this one. Okay. (laughs) She just... It was Mr. Whipple. It was Mr. Whipple. Okay. We're getting out of hand. So my whole thought process came down to this one right here. This is what started it. Raise your hand if you're sure. It was sure deodorant. Raise your hand if you're sure. And I was going to ask, anybody need this? But I don't want to point anybody out. I mean, I was going to give it away. But when I said, does anybody need this? You might be looking at your neighbor right now like (laughs) they need this. Michael, do you really need this? Ken, I'm going to throw this to you, Ken. It's unscented. I used to pitch softball. I think I could do this. Ready? Here we go. Oh, no. Effie, throw that back here. Effie, throw that back here. I'm way out of practice. I didn't play this year. First time. Oh, did the lid come off and everything? I almost. Oh, wow. Wow. So let me just let me just hand it to her then, because I don't I don't want to take Effie's out there because you know he's our host this morning. And, all right. All of that to say this: as your pastor, I want you to be sure, and that's what this whole passage that we're going to talk about in Second Peter. Chapter 1, verses 9 and, or verses 10 and 11. Peter wants us to know and be sure of who we are in Christ. He wants to make sure that we know who our God is, who we are in Him, and quite frankly, who we are without Him, which is a scary picture. And He also wants us to be sure of what's going to happen next. The life that comes after this life. And as we approach that life, sometimes we become even a little unsure. And Peter here says, I want you to be sure. So open up your Bibles. So we're going to read verse 10 and 11. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. And you'll receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God, as we read this passage, as hard as it is for even me to do, that we would not rabbit trail this morning. But we would focus on you. That we would know. God, I pray that we would know. God, we would be sure when, by the time we leave this room or get up from where we're at from, from those who are watching at home, God, that we would be sure of our relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Don't you love babies? Okay, just listen. Shh. We love babies. Don't get up and leave, please. Just stay here. We love children, so children make a little noise, we're fine with that. I just want you to know that. Okay. Babies are precious. We celebrate life in this church. Okay. Peter wants us to know. Peter wants, wants us to recognize. And he he also says that, hey, we have responsibility in our relationship with God. Jesus said that the, the path to follow him is wide open. The gate. Jesus said, It's open. We can come. But Jesus also said that that road to follow him is what? It is narrow. I'm sure Dan has written a story about that. It's narrow, but that narrow path leads to life. That narrow path sometimes is difficult, sometimes it is hard. But here's the thing he's always with us on that difficult and hard path. Wide is the easy way. But Jesus said the easy way leads to what? It leads to destruction. And he was being nice. The wide path leads to eternal foreverness without God. And the Bible describes that as hell. An eternity without God. And Peter wants us to know, make every effort. The different translations of this verse, NIV says, make every effort to confirm you're calling an election. ESV says, be all the more diligent. I love the word diligent. Don't use it very often. Be all the more diligent to confirm your calling an election. The Message Bible, Eugene Peterson says, so friends, confirm God's invitation to you. His choice of you. Don't put it off. Do it now. And the King James Version uses the word sure. We need to be sure. Raise your hands if you're sure about your relationship with Jesus, right? The Greek word for sure is also translated as firm, steadfast, enduring, certain, and stable. Are we stable in our relationship with Jesus? Are we steadfast? Are we firm? Are we enduring our relationship with Him? Are we certain? The hard part about passages like this is when we read, and Peter is like, encouraging us, hey, make every effort. We will rabbit trail to, oh, so then it's on me. Peter's telling us, oh, I need to make effort. He did that a couple times in this passage. Right before that, he would say, hey, make every effort to add to your... Add to your faith in your relationship with God. Add goodness, right? And we'll read that in a little bit. In fact, let's just read it now. Verse 5. Make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. Peter is not telling us that we're supposed to, like, earn and work for our salvation here at all. But he said, as you are in relationship with God, you do have responsibility in that relationship. Every healthy relationship has responsibility. You just can't be in a relationship and then just lay on the couch and never do a thing, ever. That is not a healthy... Some of you are like, oh, really? Um, no, we're not going to... Yes, we'll talk about that later, Fiona. Um, it's not healthy. That is not a relationship. And so Peter is saying we have responsibility. So obviously he's not saying we can work for our salvation because if you read the whole Bible, which is I recommend that you read the whole Bible and not just pluck and pick the verses that you like or the ones that sound good or the ones that might make sense to you, but you read the whole Bible. And if we read the whole Bible, we know it's impossible to work for our salvation. Because Ephesians 2, I'm just going to read you a bunch of scriptures this morning. You don't have to turn to them. I can do it kind of slow if you want to turn to them. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. And here's the little bonus to that passage. So who are we in Christ then? We are his workmanship. That word workmanship means like we're his poetry. We're his artwork. Created in Christ Jesus to do what? To do good. To do good. So what am I supposed to be doing? It's the good stuff that he's already prepared in advance for me to do. God has already gone before us and created things for us to do. And those are good things that we're supposed to be doing our salvation our relationship with God was his idea it wasn't our idea and I just want to read you some verses you guys know we're going to do it a couple times today but John 3 16 and 17 for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son That whoever believes in him will not perish will not die but have everlasting life for God did not send his son into the world to what to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Acts 4.12 says, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Titus 3 verse 5 says, he saved us not because of righteous things we have done, not because, but because of his mercy. Let me read that again, because we're talking about we cannot work for our salvation, right? We can't earn it He saved us not because of the righteous things we have done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and the renewal by the Holy Spirit. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9 and 10 says this, For God has not destined us for wrath, But to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Now, we don't hear that verse very often, but that is a good word. That's a good word for us. It wasn't God. A lot of us have this view of God like he's just angry. And he's destined us for wrath. No. No. What does the Bible say who God is? When it, like, you get through all the theology, God is love. A lot of people don't view God as love. God is a God of justice. He's right, you know, God is love. So why is there justice? Because of his love. Yes. Second Peter, we'll get to this one in a couple of years probably. Chapter 3, verse 9, The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Abundant life now and for eternity in Christ is a free gift. We can't earn it, buy it. I wrote down, You can't steal it, and it cannot be handed down. And as I'm typing, I wrote all that out, and I was like, oh, oh, wait a minute. Oh, it can't be handed down. Actually, no, it cannot be handed down. And what I mean by that, yes, the verbal, I'm I'm telling you today about the good news of Jesus. When I was raising my son, he grew up hearing about Jesus ever since he was that age right there. How old? Three Three weeks old so awesome. Name? Colton. Colton. All right. Son. Colson. Colson. I like it. Colson. Hey, can we stop and pray for Colson right now? Hmm. God, we thank you for life. This little life that is being held by Mama right now. Lord, you have plans. You have plans for Colson. I pray that he would grow up knowing you. That he grew up in a relationship with you. And that you'd use him in a mighty way. In his family, but also in the community that you raise him up in. In Jesus' name, amen. When I was raising my son, I raised him up and he knew all about Jesus. But it was his decision to follow Jesus. It it wasn't handed down like, oh, I grew up as a PK. Well, I am PK. People call me PK. As a pastor's kid, it didn't automatically give him relationship with Jesus. He had to make that decision to follow Jesus. And praise God, he did. Peter does tell us, however, that we have a responsibility in this relationship Peter tells us that we need to be efforting. I made up a word this week, Dana. Put that one in one of your stories. Eff- efforting. What rhymes with efforting? Okay, all right. Well, we want to stay away from that stuff. Okay. And I read to make every effort to add to your faith goodness, right? We're supposed to be in relationship. We are pressing into him. The Bible says that we are, as followers of Christ, we are being made like him. That sounds really good on the surface. But that is deep when you break it down because being made like Jesus, what was Jesus's, what was one of the things that Jesus was known for? He was a man of, he was a man of sorrow because he understood the depth of human man, humankind's brokenness. Jesus experienced pain, and we celebrated that. Today, as we remembered what he did for us on the cross. Verse 10 says, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. Okay, I said I wasn't going to rabbit trail, but I'm on a rabbit trail. Okay. Because I read this passage and make every effort to make sure that you're calling and you know, make sure called and elected. And the word election just stirs up all kinds of anxiety in us. Okay, not just when we read it in the Bible, but man, there's signs everywhere right now, right? I'm glad when this week will be over, you know. And can I just remind you, as a believer in Christ, your responsibility is to pray. You know, pray as you vote. I've already voted. Pray over your ballot. Ask God to show you, give you the wisdom. If the person that you voted for does not win, you're not done. Your job is to pray. The Bible is very clear about that. So here's my rabbit trail. When I think of the word election, I just automatically start thinking about, so the theology of God. And there are different theologies. There's different ideas. Since we're talking about election, there's different parties. There's two major parties when you think about, when you start going deep in your theology, and theology is the study of God. I geek out about this type of stuff, and I could really run rabbit trails with this type of stuff, just like I did with the advertising campaigns. I spent 25 minutes looking at advertising campaigns. I had all kinds of them. I had limited it down to 10. There's Calvinism. You've heard about Calvinism? Raise your hand if you've heard about Calvinism. Not the comic strip, but Calvinism. How about Arminianism? Anybody hear about that? Okay, those are the two big parties in when you start talking about the theology of God. I'm going to tell you what my theology is in a little bit, but I just want to break them down a little bit. Because for Calvinism, and the way you can remember it is the, the flower tulip, when they think of God, if you're a Calvinist, this is how you think of God, So, and you think of how God relates to mankind, there is this, the T is total depravity of man, That we are completely, completely broken. That we're sinful, that we're sinners. Unconditional election, limited atonement, irresistible grace, and perseverance of the saints. Man, we could preach on that five weeks for each one of those. Calvinists actually believe that of in limited atonement, meaning Jesus only died for the elect. Make sure your calling and election is sure, and if you weren't called or weren't elected, Jesus didn't die for you. I'm getting ahead of myself. I don't see that in here. We just read scriptures all about that, right? Unconditional, unconditional election, if you're a Calvinist, says because we are unable to initiate a response to God, in eternity past, God chose some for salvation. It has nothing to do with our Personal response because we cannot as human beings even respond to God in and of ourselves Arminianism believes in partial depravity of man they're very similar bless you it believes in conditional election it believes in unlimited atonement that Jesus died for all it believes in resistible grace that God can pour out grace to you and you say yes or no. It believes in conditional salvation, so an Arminius believes that you can lose your salvation. Come to know Jesus, walk with him for a long time, and then it's gone. These are deep, and we could, you could really go, and there's probably some of us in this room that are like, oh, I'm here, or I'm, I'm here, I, I get this, I, I know this. I can't dive fully into either one of these. I'm more of a John 3 theologian, I would say. (laughs) Because when you guys, for some reason, brought me here, I told you I'm a simple man. I really am. And I love to go deep and I love to start thinking about eternity past. Like, God, you've always been there? It's hard for me to get my mind around. God, you've always been, and there was nothing, and then out of nothing, you spoke, and this is what we have. I love to think of that stuff. But I believe that God so loved the world that he gave Jesus for us, that he loves us, that he created us in his image, the Bible says. And if you start looking at these different theologies, it could take you to weird and unique places. And some of these theologies basically say, from eternity past, God looked through humanity and literally chose. I remember standing in PE. They don't do it anymore because it's politically incorrect. I remember standing in line and you're picking teams. Anybody else remember that? whew, that was hard. Okay? Unless you were the stud athlete in the room, and are like, hey, that wasn't hard at all. I was picked first every time. Not me. That was hard to be part of that. And to think of God standing back in eternity past and looking through humanity and says, yes, yes, yes. I'm not going to point at anybody. No. Heather and I were driving in today, and she was uh, just reviewing her Sunday school class today, and they they they're talking today about David and how David had this menial task of just taking taking lunch to his brothers, you know, and we would look at that like, well, that's that's just, he's just taking lunch. He was like the first Uber Eats, (laughs) right, in the Bible, but that's where he met Goliath. That was a huge moment. He was in this menial task doing just what his dad asked him to do. And then, man, he sees this giant of a man being, yeah, just cursing God. And David says, I'm ready to go out. I'll go out and do it. And so we were talking about Sunday school. And I said, well, yeah, you can always teach on Calvinism in Sunday school today. You know? Hey, God chose you and you, but not you, Billy. Billy, you broke the toys today. He did not know. No, and that we were literally laughing in the car. But if you break it down, to me, it's laughable, right? Would God, who is a God of love that we just said, who so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, would he really pick and choose and actually say, You get to go to heaven and you don't? Say, I don't personally believe that God would do that for us, with us. There's a theology now. that's that's happening in our our world that says, oh, there is no hell. There is no punishment. That God is a God of love and we all just get to go to heaven. And, And, you know, honestly, I would love to believe that. But Jesus didn't believe that. And Jesus talked to us and said, hey, narrow is the way to me. The rest, this wide road, just leads to destruction and death. He wants us to be sure. That's why Peter writes this. We can't earn it. We can't work for it. But I believe that more than, again, the John 3 theology. That God so loved, I'll point somebody out this morning. God so, Levi just got saved in July, just got baptized like three weeks ago, and look at him, he's learning how to do do a video in the back today, it's awesome. So Levi, God so loved you, Levi, that he gave Jesus, that if you believe in him, you have eternal life, isn't that awesome? Amanda, I know it stinks that the pastor knows your name, and now I'm in trouble, but he died for you. And I could go around this room for every single one of you. And some of you in this room, some of you watching at home, you say, well, wait a minute. I haven't decided to follow Jesus yet. He still loves you. He still gave his life for you. And he gives us that option whether we want to open that gift or not. Some of us will say, I don't need it. I don't want it. He still died for you. He still loves you. He still has compassion for you. Peter wants us to be sure. So how do we know? What is our responsibility in this? How can I be sure of my relationship with Jesus? Well, do you have a couple of hours? We can talk about it. It starts off with belief. Acts chapter 16 says, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. It starts off with belief, but it's not just belief because the Bible also says even the demons believe and they fear God. So it's not just belief, but it's belief with action. Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I believe that you sacrificed all and you invite me to be in a relationship with you. So what does it take? What am I supposed to do? What's my responsibility, Jesus? And and Jesus' response to everybody who came to him, was what? Follow me. Follow me. Sounds pretty easy. Not always easy. So how do we follow him? Well, first of all, just being in fellowship like this is really important. Because as we follow him together, it, it, it helps us. Because some of us have been following him a little bit longer than others, and so we can help bring some guidance, obviously through the Holy Spirit, with kindness and grace. But some of us who haven't been walking with Jesus very long also can inspire some of us who have known Jesus for a long time. And we have kind of, like we talked about earlier, we, can, we have kind of settled down into tradition in our relationship with God we've settled with kind of a religious spirit a little bit in our relationship with God. And you get somebody who just comes to know Jesus and they could care less about tradition. They could care less about religion. They are just in love with Jesus and they know that they're loved. And they want everybody else to know about it. And that could inspire us because what I'm sharing today, we should all be sharing with people. We should all have that heart. Like, I want my friends and my family to be sure about their relationship with God. I want them to know who God is, I want them to know who they are in Him, and I want them to know where they're going when life on this earth is done. I remember having that conversation with my dad when he was in the hospital. Just want you to be sure, Dad. To be solid. To be certain. To be stable. And Peter tells us if we are sure and we're solid in our relationship with Jesus, we can have a stumble-free faith. I want that type of faith. You ever been just walking and you just trip? There's two things you do when that happens. The first one is you look around and make sure nobody was watching (laughs) you. And the second one is you normally look at the ground like, what did I just trip over? And sometimes, if you're a football fan, they call it a turf monster. Because you're just running and you just trip. In softball, when I would play a lot of softball, I played a lot of softball over the years. You know, when you're just running the bases and you just trip and just, I mean, literally, and just bite it. And you don't trip over anything, it's just flat dirt and you just trip, if somebody on the other team, we are super nice, we are a graceful team. Ask Mitch. He plays softball with me. If somebody on the other team is running full speed and they just trip and fall, what we would yell from the dugout is, sniper! <laughs> like they'd been shot, you know, and they just, you know. Or if you've ever fallen and you just started to stumble and you can't quite catch and get your other leg out in front of you in time and you just st- you stumble for a long ways and then you go down What's the first thing you do? Yes, you look around and make sure there's nobody watching you. Then you look and see, what did I trip over? And sometimes it's nothing. It's the smallest of things sometimes that will trip us up. And so Peter says, if we're solid in our relationship, if we're certain and we're sure, we can live a stumble-free faith. And I'm just going to encourage some of you this morning, there are things from your past and even in your present that you still, and I still, happened to me on the way to church this morning, still stumble over. And again, the way my mind works, I think of Donkey Kong. I love playing video, I don't play video games anymore, they're just way too elaborate, just the side view and the one button was perfect for me. You know. And if you play Donkey Kong, you know what I'm talking about. You start at the bottom. You crawl this ladder, and you run along this little platform. And the, the monkey guy, the gorilla up the top, is throwing barrels at you. And so you run, and at the perfect timing, you hit a button, and you jump over the barrel. You guys tracking with me? Anybody have no idea what I'm talking about? Adam, have you played Donkey Kong? Oh, yeah, all right, We're... have you, Alex, you played Donkey Kong? Okay, you gotta give me five. Okay. So Donkey Kong, so you're running and you're jumping over these barrels, and I just want to encourage you that some of us need to step over some of those things and not allow them to keep tripping us up over and over and over. Jesus didn't promise that we wouldn't have barrels coming our way, but he said that we'd have the strength and the power to overcome those things. So the button is Jesus. Every time that barrel comes, Jesus. Every time that barrel comes, Jesus. It's okay to cry out for him and ask him for help. We can have a stumble-free faith if we are sure. And my prayer for us today is that we're sure, that there's nobody watching from home or whenever, maybe you're hiking late right now or you're doing whatever, you're at work, you're listening, you should be working, but you can listen as well. Or for those of us in this room, I want us to be sure of our relationship with Jesus. And if you're not sure, today is the day. Can I just say that? And maybe some of you are like, well, if I man, if I say out loud that I'm not sure, then what are they going to think of me? I've been coming here a long time. Who cares what other people think about you? I'm just going to say it this morning. I could care less. What I want for you is to have a relationship with Jesus. It's your journey with him. We'll we'll rejoice with you. Like, God, today I want to be sure. Now, some of you are like, oh, he's going to ask me to stand up. No, I'm not. Oh, he's going to at least ask me to raise my hand because that's the ad. Raise your hand if you're sure. Nope, I'm not going to do that either. Because this relationship with him, this surety of your faith with him is between you and him. Now, our faith is not to be our own. Once we make that decision for Jesus, we're, we're out there. Because Jesus said, Go and give away what I've given you. Make disciples. Teach them. Share with them. Baptize them. Well, I don't know enough yet. You know enough. This is what you know. God loves me. He sent Jesus to die for me. I was broken. I needed a Savior. I have a Savior, and He's promised to give me new life. That is good news. We need to be sharing that with our family. We need to be sharing that with our friends. And then bring him to church. Bring him next week so Dana can share with him. He's got a new story I'm I'll be tuning in from Mexico if I have service. You know, a few years ago I was, uh, I was interim pastor here because Pastor Alex and Pam had just retired and sitting in my office. And I got a, got a call. I was the only one here, I believe. I don't quite remember. Annie, you can correct me. Um, and it was for Valley Medical Center. Calling the church. And um, answer the phone. And it was the nurse's station um, and said, hey, we have a a gentleman here who needs to talk to a pastor. (laughs) And I was like, at first, the way my mind's working is like, how do you get our number? (laughs) I mean, don't you have chaplains? I mean, this is how I'm thinking. As she's talking to me, don't you have chaplains there? This is what they do? and so she said, yeah, he's just really struggling and he would like to talk to a pastor. And we are wondering if you guys had somebody that could come down. And so my mind was thinking all, right away was like, oh, I should call Pastor Alex. I should call Dana Buck and have Dana go down there. And the Lord was like, I want you to go down there. I was like, oh, really? I'm busy. I'm, I'm working. God, I'm doing your stuff here. I'm in my office, in the church. And I said, "I'll be right down." And I go down and I walk in the room, and I just say, "Hey, so what's happening? How can I help you?" And he just he's been a believer for almost his whole life, 30, 40 years, and was dying of cancer, and he wanted to be sure. You know, some of us would look at that and say, "Well, oh, man. Don't doubt, but one of the greatest men ever who have ever, 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 ever lived, in fact, Jesus said he's the greatest man who have ever lived, was John the Baptist. And when John was facing death, John doubted. In fact, he doubted so much, he sent messengers to Jesus to say, are you the one we're looking for? Are you the one? I mean, I know I baptized you, I know I heard the voice from heaven. I saw the Holy Spirit ascend from heaven. I was there. I witnessed all that, and yet, are you, are you the one?" And Jesus said, hey, send him this message. I am the one. And so I was able just to sit there for half an hour and just have a conversation and, and hear his story about him and his son just hear his story about what he did for a living over all these years and where he went to church and about his relationship with Jesus. And it was so awesome to be here. And it was a privilege to be able to see this uncertainty. You ever walk into and you're, when you're talking to somebody the, you, you feel their anxiousness, you feel their burden and struggle, and for him to start to breathe and relax. And like, okay. And to pray for him and then to leave and I called a couple days later, and he had gone. Uh, they, they, had, they had discharged him to go home. And I, haven't, and I wasn't able, so I have no idea. Maybe he's still with us, hanging out. Maybe he's partying in heaven. But he needed to be sure. And I just want to encourage you if that's you this morning and you want to be sure, then don't leave today without being sure. To be sure with your relationship with God. So I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you're sure. Mm -hmm. You know, for those of us this morning who, who, if I ask the question, raise your hand if you're sure, and I did that earlier, many of you raised your hand. But not all of us raised our hand. And my heart would be, and I believe God's heart, would be for you, that you would be able to raise your hand if that question was asked. Are you sure? So Lord, I pray for those right now that are, are thinking through that process, who need assurance of their relationship with you, or who want to start a brand new relationship with you. God, I thank you that it is your heart for them. You chose them You've brought them here today. You've had them tune in today. Lord, I pray for surety today. I pray for a firmness of their faith today. I pray for anxiety to be gone in Jesus' name. And I pray for this love relationship with you that would um, would bring joy, would bring the laughter that was spoken at during uh, worship today by Ashley. God, there would be a true joy in us today. And Lord, for those of us this morning who have been trying to jump over barrels, but have just been tripping up, been stumbling, Lord, through the power of your Holy Spirit, God, I pray that you would firm them up as well. You'd give them the strength to step over whatever needs to be stepped over. Maybe a present circumstance, something that's going on in their life right now, but maybe it's something from the past that just keeps circling around and causing us to stumble on a trip. In Jesus' name, we pray that the powers of those things would be broken. And Lord, there would be freedom today in you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I want to encourage you, if, you've, if you are pursuing this, you want to pursue a relationship with Jesus, I would love to chat with you. A few of us would love to pray for you. We have a little booklet that says, it just simply says, following Jesus. It'll get you on that path with him. We would love to be able to do that. Um, if you're here this morning and you're like, I have been tripping over stuff and I just, I need more than just a prayer from up front. I need a personal touch. We would love to pray for you uh, this morning. All right, so God bless you. Uh, we'll see you next week. Well, Dana will see you next week.